mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, inflation has now pushed many Americans to the point where critical needs are being put off, which may be why buy now, pay later options have exploded in popularity. But what are the risks? Also this morning in our Throwback Thursday segment, guns in the hands of artists. Boogie on the Block is happening tomorrow night. It's just the beginning of a spectacular summer full of events presented by the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts all around town. We'll get a preview. And the ladies of St. Andrew's United Methodist Church want to help brighten up your garden with their perennial plant sale fundraiser this weekend. We have details. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. Today is I Love My Dentist Day. I love my dentist. Happy National Bubba Day. National Bubba Day. Mm Mm-hmm. American Indian Citizenship Day. Today is National Leave the Office Early Today. National Leave the Office Early Day. Today is what I mean to say. Uh, National Rotisserie Chicken Day. National Moonshine Day. And it is National Rocky Road Day. Wait, did I say National Moonshine Day? Yes, I did. That's worth celebrating right there, National Moonshine Day. So, among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, in case you haven't heard, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial is finally over. Uh, Johnny Depp pretty much won... The it was technically a split decision. Uh, Johnny Depp won, I think, on three of his counts and Amber Heard won on one of hers. But all in all, Johnny Depp uh, was awarded more than 10 million dollars in his defamation claim against his ex-wife over her op ed claiming she was a domestic abuse victim. Uh, Amber Heard was awarded two million in her countersuit. Uh, because of comments that Johnny Depp's lawyer made, I think, that were proven to be untrue, something like that. So uh, Johnny Depp uh, was the winner by a net $8 million. Uh, but here's the thing. What have those two done to their careers moving forward? The Associated Press uh, reports that the future career prospects for both actors are uncertain, citing legal and entertainment experts who said both had their reputations damaged by what came out during the televised trial. As we were saying the other day, I have not spoken a whole lot about this because to me, it's just two famous people airing their dirty laundry. And uh, it just was not of any interest to me, but uh, I realize that I'm perhaps in the minority. A lot of folks are watching the uh, trial. Former entertainment lawyer Matthew Baloney, who writes about the business of Hollywood, tells the Associated Press both of them will work again, but I think it will be a while before a major studio will consider them safe enough to bet on. The personal baggage that was revealed in this trial was just too icky, was the word he used, icky, for a studio to want to deal with. Meanwhile, L.A. Crisis Management and Consultants, uh, let's try that again, L.A. Crisis Management and Communications expert Eric Rose called the trial a classic legal murder-suicide. From a reputation management perspective, there can be no winners. They have bloodied each other up. 
becomes more difficult now for studios to hire either one of them because you are potentially alienating a large segment of your audience who may not like the fact that you have retained either Johnny or Amber for a specific project because those feelings are so strong now. It did seem that everybody was either Team Johnny or Team Amber. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward with uh, both of their careers. Um, but at least the trial is over. Here is big news. I definitely want to make sure that you are aware of this. It is not today, but, and we were talking about all the things, the observances today. It is National Donut Day tomorrow. It is not Donut Day today. It is National Donut Day tomorrow. But you want to start planning ahead. Duncan is offering free donuts or a free donut with the purchase of any beverage tomorrow. Free classic donut for National Donut Day. Purchase any size drink to claim the offer. Tim Hortons. Buy one donut. Unlock one free on the Tim Hortons app. And celebrate National Donut Day all week. With Tim Hortons through June 5th. You purchase a donut through the app or online and you get one free with your next purchase. Deal is good for a wide range of uh, signature donut flavors, it says. All right. And check this out. 7-Eleven is doing buy one, get one tomorrow uh, through June 5th. So uh, tomorrow through the weekend, you can stop by any participating 7-Eleven to celebrate National Donut Day uh, tomorrow, Saturday, or Sunday. And yes, the offer is also good at Speedway. They're now owned by 7-Eleven. So you visit a 7-Eleven, a Speedway, and purchase one donut, get a second free. So, National Donut Day tomorrow. You can plan out your strategy. You could do all three and uh, really score big. I want to make sure that you're aware because that's why we're here. Make sure you are aware of these big, big stories. Big deal. So, uh, movies are back. You know, uh, Top Gun Maverick, a huge hit this past weekend. We'll probably rake in more money this weekend. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was a big, big hit. The new Downton Abbey movie uh, did very, very well in theaters. Safe to say movie fans are back after the dark days of the pandemic. And with that in mind, Fandango polled 2,500 moviegoers about the second biggest attraction at the theater, and that is the concession stand. 83% of those polled say movie theater popcorn just tastes better than eating it at home. Uh, 76% say they usually eat, as a matter of fact, 76% say they usually only eat popcorn at the movies. As the only place they And apparently they can't get enough. 66% of respondents say they order large or extra large sizes. And uh, it says nearly half wish there was a bottomless bucket option at their local theater. And in many theaters, uh, they they are starting to uh, do this free refills on uh, popcorn. The reason I bring all of this up is because the latest shortage is popcorn. I know. I know. It could potentially be devastating news. But I, I have to report it. We have to let you know. Because we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't. I know it's potentially devastating news. But uh, 
As people have been returning to movie theaters as pandemic fears fade, but theater chains are facing another problem now, a popcorn shortage. That is the latest one. Wall Street Journal reports that farmers are being paid more to keep growing corn for popcorn as other crops like soybeans. Uh, let's try that again. Wall Street Journal reports that farmers being paid more to keep growing corn for popcorn as other crops like soybeans have become more lucrative and also don't require the costly fertilizers needed for growing popcorn because it takes a special variety of corn you see to create popcorn. It's just not any corn that you can use. There is also a problem. So it's becoming expensive. The uh, there's also a problem with having enough truckers to move the popcorn, a supply chain issue that's been hitting many industries and even a supply problem with the material that lines the bags that movie theater popcorn comes in. So this is just a triple whammy hitting movie theaters, and uh, some theaters have switched to plastic and metal containers as a result, but it's just not the same, say patrons. And uh, just it's not just popcorn, as it turns out. There could even be a problem with getting soda, uh, soda pop at theaters as well, as getting cups for them has been an issue too. Same thing with the uh, popcorn tubs, the uh, plastic linings. So. I'm just telling you, popcorn shortage, that's the latest one. That's the latest thing we have to be concerned about. And how about this? Speaking of COVID, this is one of those uh, really interesting things. You remember when stores reopened immediately after the first pandemic shutdown, right? In the early days of the pandemic, everything shut down and then gradually places opened, but with capacity limitations. So you would go to a store. And you would have to wait outside for your turn because capacity was limited. Well, guess what? At some high-end boutiques, they're still doing that. Even though COVID-19 is waning, shopping for a Louis Vuitton bag, a Chanel suit, or a pair of Gucci loafers increasingly means standing in line outside the store as luxury brands have been conspicuously Uh, making guests wait, limiting capacity in their stores, and they've been very tight-lipped on why they're doing it. Most elite labels leaned into that appointment shopping idea during the height of the pandemic, citing the need for social distancing. But as the threat from the virus recedes, some, like uh, Cartier, Harry Winston, and others, continue to impose this new policy. And they... Uh, also have failed to convince shoppers and experts alike of their reasoning if they bother to explain themselves at all. Major brands, including including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier, did not respond to calls and emails from the Washington Post doing a story about the persistent use of uh, queue lines in front of store entrances where shoppers are quizzed by greeters about prospective purchases before entering. Uh, they just have really leaned into this exclusivity you have to wait to get wait your turn to get into the store because i think they just like the image i think that they just like the image that it presents that it's you know like an exclusive nightclub you know with the uh, long line of people just begging to get in uh, but not being able to and i think they like that uh, sort of exclusivity there's this something special about being able to get into the store i don't know it's all psychological I thought that was uh, kind of interesting. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started.
WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, cloudy conditions early today, but becoming sunny in the afternoon, a high around 70, mostly clear tonight with a low around 50. A lengthy standoff between police and two barricaded subjects at Finley Hotel came to a peaceful conclusion. After about 12 hours, the woman exited the room, and then after further negotiations, the man came out. Finley Mayor Christina Mern says she's extremely proud of the work of the Finley Police Department emergency response team and other agencies that assisted at the scene. Making sure that safety parameters were set up, negotiations happening all day, they really were just spot on. Man was arrested on warrants out of Michigan, and more charges are possible. Get more on the incident, including video from the scene, on the website. The House Select Committee investigating last year's attack on the Capitol is giving Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan until June 11 to comply with a subpoena to testify. Congressman Jordan was supposed to testify last week, but he's challenging the authority of the panel. Chairman Benny Thompson has replied in a letter that three courts have upheld the committee's constitutionality, and he lists a number of meetings and calls with then-President Trump and others they want to discuss. I'm Jack Crumley. That severe thunderstorm that rumbled through Findlay and the area yesterday was packing quite the punch with wind gusts of up to 70 miles an hour. The strong winds brought down some trees and wires, causing quite a few power outages. You can see some video of some of the damage on the website. Democratic Governor candidate Nan Whaley has introduced an inflation rebate plan that includes putting 350 bucks in your pocket. She says it will help offset the rising costs. My message is pretty simple. I want your pay to go up, your bills to go down, and your government to finally work for you. Ohio is set to receive more than $2 billion from the next round of funding out of the American Rescue Plan. Whaley says the state should use the money to help struggling Ohioans. Her opponent, Governor Mike DeWine, says while we have work to keep pipelines open, the Biden administration has restricted pipelines driving up gas prices. Onan's Tracy Townsend. Get more on the race for Ohio governor on the website. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, inflation, of course, is a growing worry, growing concern for Americans uh, all across the country. Uh, Something that is causing many people to put off everything from important home repairs to dental work. In fact, a new Harris poll finds that two-thirds of consumers have delayed necessary services and or purchases either because they simply cost too much or because everything else does. Laura Adam is author and host of the Money Girl podcast with us this morning. And Laura, what were some of the numbers in that poll that really stood out to you that kind of demonstrate uh, how serious this is becoming for folks? Yeah, I do think that uh, inflation is becoming more and more of a problem. Um, The Sunbit survey found that 79% say they're going to cut back on wants in order to save more money. But what really is disturbing to me is 67% say they're delaying necessary services. These are things like what you mentioned, the home repairs and the dental work. Um, You know, these are really important types of purchases that affect our quality of life. And to see people cutting back on those means they really are feeling the financial pinch. Yeah, it's one thing to put off buying a new couch. It's something else, uh, or a new TV. It's something else entirely uh, to put off, uh, you know, filling your kids' cavities or something like that. Uh, One trend that has really taken hold of late, probably because of these very concerns, is this buy-now-pay-later financing model. The concept is not new, but how does the modern iteration of this work? 
Yeah, so this is something I would encourage folks to evaluate, you know, compare if a buy now, pay later option such as Sunbit might be right for them if they're thinking about a necessary purchase. So Sunbit is available in over 13,000 locations nationwide. You're going to find them in places like a dentist office, uh, where you get your car repaired, maybe a vet office. Uh, doctor office, these sorts of necessary purchases are what Sunbed is specializing in. And so what I would encourage folks to do is compare that. See if using Sunbit versus a credit card makes sense for you. In a lot of cases, it's going to cost less over time. You're going to have more flexibility, lower interest rates, no fees that really make it an excellent option for life's necessary purchases that matter the most to you. Yeah, that's uh, that actually is what I was going to ask next uh, about whether this is a viable option for consumers in the right circumstance. And I say in the right circumstance because the data also shows that as buy now, pay later options are becoming more widely used, delinquencies are on the rise as well. So like everything, this is a tool that can you know uh, provide a, a great service, but also could cause a real hardship in making a bad problem worse if it is abused. We've got to be wise about using credit, especially in a rising interest rate environment like we're in right now. Um, so when it does make sense, we want people to know that they have other options, mm-hmm. uh, considering what's the most affordable way to make those necessary purchases is going to you know, benefit you in the long run. So thinking about what's available, if you do have to finance a big purchase, you know, the message is, you know, don't put it off if you need to do something like go to the dentist or get a car repair. Mm-hmm. Um, just consider ways that that financing can be smarter and less expensive. And, I, you know, I do think it's an area where a lot of people are not aware. They're just not aware of right. what options are out there. Um, so, you know, this is what the message is. You do have options. We want folks to compare them and, you know, make the best decision for you if you do need to finance a purchase. What else should we be doing in this environment to make sure that our, I mean, in, in an inflationary environment, every dollar means that much more, even though it's perhaps worth <laughs> that much less, it means that much more. So what else should we be doing to safeguard our finances uh, in this day and age? Yeah, so living within your means, making sure that you have cut back everywhere possible. Uh, that's key. Also looking at your debt. You know, what, what are you paying for your debt right now? Especially those credit cards, things that have variable interest rates. They're only going to get more expensive with rising interest rates. So trying to tackle them in order of highest to lowest interest rate is usually a really great strategy. Uh, you know, I think just being familiar with who you owe, how much you owe, what you're paying, and having a strategy to pay that debt off that's really going to benefit you in a rising interest rate environment. And, you know, it's a great, great thing to do all year, all year round, you know, every, every time, right. uh, you know, for every situation, but especially right now. Yeah, it becomes even more important uh, today. Again, uh, Laura Adam is author and host of the Money Girl podcast with us this morning, talking about evaluating uh, all of your options when it comes to, again, these necessary things that we don't want to put off uh, in this day and age. Where can we get to more information, Laura? Listeners can visit sunbit.com to learn more about what's available and where they're, where they might find Sunbit. As I mentioned, we're available in over 13,000 locations nationwide. 
So looking at what your options are, that could really be uh, the key to saving money right now and just making the most of those purchases that matter the most to you. And worth uh, mentioning that folks can check out uh, your advice and your podcast uh, online as well, correct? That's right. You can find me at the Money Girl podcast. Uh, I'd love for folks to check us out. We're a weekly podcast. I've been doing shows since 2008 uh, on a wide range of financial topics. So folks can check that out. Laura, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Well, it happened again yesterday. Police in Tulsa say that a gunman killed four people, turned the gun on himself at a hospital in the city, of all places. Uh, it, it, that makes four, uh, four shootings in, what, two weeks now. It is just uh, jaw-dropping when you think about it. Of course, no issue spurs more passionate debate than the role of and the place of guns in America. As our nation grapples with yet another senseless shooting, our Throwback Thursday segment this morning is a conversation that we had five years ago with Jonathan Jonathan Ferrara. He is an artist, a gallery owner, and an activist, and he has a book called Guns in the Hands of Artists, which confronts the debate head on. In the years since uh, our initial conversation, the debate has continued following subsequent shootings, most recently Tulsa, Oklahoma, Uvalde, Texas, Laguna Woods, California, Buffalo, New York, just within the past couple of weeks. From March of 2017, it is our Throwback Thursday feature this morning. Jonathan Ferreira talks about the genesis of the Guns in the Hands of Artists project, which actually dates back more than 20 years. In the mid-1990s, I live in New Orleans. In the mid-1990s, when the murder rate in New Orleans was approaching 400, which was the highest in our city's history and the highest in the country, um, I worked with artist Brian Barella to mount the first Guns in the Hands of Artists exhibition. And what it is is taking guns off the streets. We worked with the, the New Orleans Police Department, the Mayor's Office, the City Council, and the police department, and we took guns off the streets, they were decommissioned, and they were given to artists across the community. That first exhibition took place in 1996, and over the next 15 years, as I read about Sandy Hook and Columbine and just uh, what happens on the streets of America on a daily basis, I thought to myself, what can I do to add to this conversation? So I thought to revisit this project from the mid-1990s. And so the real aim of this is to take the conversation about the issue of guns and gun violence out of the highly politicized and polarized context and bring it into the realm of art. Art is a means for dialogue. Art is a way to foster a new conversation and using the emotional power that art can generate to hopefully bring about a new conversation and work 
towards making America a safer place. It's often said that uh, art is a reflection of society. In this case, uh, as you point out, you are hoping to use art as a catalyst uh, for meaningful change. But it, it, while it is an admirable goal uh, to, to say we want to uh, take the gun debate and, and remove the politics, can you really do that? I mean, you're, you're not naive enough to believe that this uh, alone is going to make a, a huge uh, difference in what is a systemic problem everywhere in the country. No, I, I do agree with you, but the, the other choice is to do nothing and sit on the sidelines, and that's not something that I, I can do uh, as the kind of person that I am. Um, it is a difficult road to hoe, but art has always had the power to change society and show us a way to a better place. And I'll use two examples from, from history. So in 1904, Upton Sinclair wrote The Jungle about the meatpacking industry in Chicago mm-hmm. and, the, and the conditions that existed in that industry. And 20 years later, that led to the founding of the FDA. And in the 1960s, artists like Bob Dylan and the Beatles, they wrote songs about uh, you know, the war and, and Vietnam and how, that, how, how did that lead to the change of public sentiment to change the legislation, the laws. I mean, it's a, it's definitely an up, uphill battle, but it's one that is necessary, and it's one that artists need to be a part of. And artists can be that. Artists can be the people who hold the mirror up to society and force us to ask the question: What's happening with guns and gun violence in America? Now, I'm a realist in the same respect where I respect the Second Amendment. There are 300 million guns on the streets of America. Mm. We're not going to take all those guns away, nor is that the intention. The intention is to create a forum for the exchange of ideas so that we can find common ground, some kind of mutual understanding, so we can we can work towards making America a safer place and reduce gun violence. And to that end, it should be pointed out that a number of the artists uh, in that are profiled in the book are actually gun owners themselves. I mean, I, I, I don't want to give the uh, impression yeah. that this uh, necessarily projects a singular view on the topic. It does not. And 40% of the artists in the exhibition are gun owners, and 40% of the artists in the exhibition have been victims of gun violence. Those are two things that are very important. And in addition to that, the the book contains essays by folks like Walter Isaacson, Senator Tim Kaine, Richard Ford, the Pulitzer Prize winner, Congressman Gabby Giffords, uh, Harry Shearer, the actor. So a number of those folks also own guns. And that's not the issue. It's talking about the perspectives of how do we make America safer What's happening with these with, with this? Because both sides are engaged in this conversation, and we just want to make sure we can move the conversation, however infinitesimal or incremental we can do that, mm-hmm. toward in, with the, in the, into the positive direction, so that we can make America uh, safer and and hopefully through the lens of art. If we don't have conversation, if we don't have dialogue. If we don't have discussion, we're never going to move in the right direction. Uh, along with the artworks uh, that are uh, created, I mean, there, there are essays that go along uh, with those. Very, very powerful stories. Exactly. There, 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 there are stories. I mean, Senator Tim Kaine writes as, as the governor of Virginia Tech, governor of Virginia when Virginia Tech happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Trimaine Lee talks about his life as a reporter chronicling the loss of life in the African-American community. 
Lucia Macbeth talks about the loss of her son. Harry Shearer, the actor, gives his perspective. It's a multi-different, uh, there's multiple approaches and multiple different perspectives well, about this issue. Yeah, and, and that's what I, I think struck me. Uh, obviously, in many cases, uh, people's uh, opinions on the subject, uh, thoughts on the subject, are uh, directly evolved from their own personal experience, obviously. Exactly. And here exactly. you get a real sense of what those experiences are that have uh, shaped their uh, thoughts on the subject and their opinions uh, on the subject. Uh want to point out, too, that uh, you are uh, donating a portion of the proceeds from the book, correct? Yes. A portion of the proceeds from the book are going to uh, Gabby Gifford's organizations, Americans for Responsible Solutions, and also to a foundation that I just created called the Guns in the Hands of Artists Foundation, which is going to continue the work that this project has started and do larger, more public art um exhibitions, interventions, and happenings across the country so that we can continue this dialogue on an even larger basis because if you if the works engage themselves in the public, then more people see it, more people are affected by it. So there are two beneficiaries from, from the book. Again, uh, part of our conversation with uh, Jonathan Ferrara, uh, artist, gallery owner, and uh, activist about his book called Guns in the Hands of Artists. Uh, which confronts the debate head on. And that was a conversation from five years ago, March of 2017, that has only become more relevant over the past couple of weeks with uh, recent uh, shootings. Uh, You can learn more about the book, uh, Guns in the Hands of Artists, about the project, uh, at our webpage. We've got it linked up at goodmornings.net. Today's Throwback Thursday. Well, you know how for most Americans, typically we say the Memorial Day weekend is the unofficial start of the summer season, right? Not so in Findlay, Ohio, USA. Summer doesn't truly begin until Boogie on the Block. And that is coming up tomorrow. Uh, joining us is uh, Heather Klo from the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, this is, it's just not summer until we get to Boogie on the Block. So uh, it is uh, time for that once again. And uh, the, the party is back in full force this year, right? It sure is, and I love that you said the summer doesn't start till boogie happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tomorrow, and the weather. Look, I was just looking at the weather, and I think it's going to be a beautiful night for boogie. Absolutely. So uh, give us all of the details. It starts right after work and goes until 11 o'clock, right? It does, yep, from 5 till 11, and there's going to be two bands. Um, we're starting with the Wet Bandits, which is a regional band that plays 90s music. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that... We have the Docksiders, and they're coming back. They were here last year, and they play Yacht Rock. They're a national touring band that does Yacht Rock music. So it's going to be a really fun night uh, with lots of lots of fun drinks and food with food trucks and wonderful music, and it'll just be a great kickoff to the summer. Absolutely. And, uh, again, Boogie over the years has taken on a, a number of iterations. It was Boogie on Broadway years and years ago, uh, then Boogie on Main, and now Boogie at the Block because you're doing it uh, there in the parking lot, right? Yeah, so when MCPA was built, um, that parking lot, which is called the Romark Festival Grounds, uh, was designed to be outdoor uh, performances. And until COVID, we actually hadn't taken advantage of it. 
but because we had to be outside during COVID, we, we tried it and it worked and we thought it was a great space for a boogie. And I think the downtown merchants like it too, because people can, can access them more easily and then sure. just come on over and enjoy the music. Yeah. So uh, everything else is uh, just like you remember. Admission is $5 at the door. Again, runs from 5 to 11. Boogie on the block uh, tomorrow uh, with the uh, featured entertainers, the Docksiders and uh, the Wet Bandits as well. So do not miss that. So that is just the kickoff, though, of what is going to be an incredible summer, a spectacular summer of uh, great outdoor events. You mentioned there'll be food trucks at Boogie. You've got food trucks uh, throughout the summer at the uh, Marathon Center. Yeah, we're doing them once a month now. And so the next one will be June 8th. And then we have them once a month. I think it's the second uh, Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, throughout the throughout the summer, through September. So we're getting more food trucks um, on those fewer days, but you know, last May when we started in May and they were really busy and yeah. often they ran out of food. So, so we're gonna, early. <laughs> so we're going to uh, circle that on the calendar. You have a uh, lunchtime live series of concerts at Riverside Park beginning what here in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, we are. So that um, we used to do the free concerts in the alley, and then we moved it to Riverside Park, the the pavilion there. It's wonderful, and that starts on June fourteenth, and that's local, family friendly music. People come and bring picnics and just hang out and listen to the music. You know, it's eleven thirty to one ish, okay. so it's just right over lunch hour. So, uh, again, a great uh, place to come out for a picnic lunch and enjoy some uh, live music. Uh, the lunchtime live series begins. What that's uh, June and July begins the fourteenth, I think. The fourteenth, okay, yeah. yep. and then and runs, runs through, through July. And, July. Um, and speaking of Riverside Park, uh, you folks taking over the Riverside Summer Concert Series uh, that is uh, held at the Band Shell, uh, which yeah. uh, has in the past been organized by the Parks, but you are uh, taking care of uh, of organizing and putting that together. And uh, that will return this year, but uh, it'll be a, a bit abbreviated, more abbreviated. So give us all of the details on this, because this is a big deal for a lot of folks. Yeah, people really missed it over COVID. I know that we got calls about it even before we yeah. actually took it over. Um, it starts on June 15th with a Finley Civic Band, and mm-hmm. it's a civic and community band series. So it's every week, um, June 15th through July 20th, ending with... Uh, the high school's Pantasia group, mm. and it's a free civic band. So come hear your uh, your neighbors and your friends playing. And again, you can yeah. you know bring a picnic and just enjoy. And that's in the band shell. And uh, that starts at seven o'clock on those Wednesday evenings. Uh, that uh, people are familiar with the schedule. That starts on uh, June fifteenth. And you've got the uh, list of of uh, bands that will be performing, groups that will be performing uh, at those uh, concerts uh, on your website, right? We do, yep. We have each date. The Civic Band from Finley is going to be performing three times, and we have like a Fostoria Band and Night Jazz. Yeah. Uh, Now, those are some of the outdoor events, many of which are not happening specifically at the Marathon Center. You do have a couple of things that are actually happening at the MCPA, uh, over the uh, the next month or so. Yeah, yep. So we start with June 13th. We have ABBA Fab, so all the ABBA fans can come out and get your dancing queen on. <laughs> that's on June 13th, and that's inside. Um, and then the next day, I'm excited because we are announcing our 22-23 season. Yeah. So people are invited to come over and find out what we got going on next year. 
And then we, um, the Live at Arms series is going to be year-round now. It used to be just you know, during our regular season. So mm-hmm. June 16th is the first of the summer, um, and that's with a band called Armchair Boogie. They're a, a Midwest band, and they, they play bluegrass. They're fantastic. Oh, that's going to be uh, a, a lot of fun. And again, you can get tickets to those events uh, for ABAFAB and the uh, Armchair Boogie Show, the Arms uh, Series, Live at Arms Series, uh, on the uh, website. As you mentioned, the big thing this month is the announcement of the uh, coming season, 2022-23. Um, any hints that you can drop uh, on that? I know it's uh, about, a, uh, what, a couple of weeks away. June 14th is the date. Um, I guess what I'm wondering is, is it back to normal now for the most part? Uh, there's a new normal. So, yes, we're going to have a, a full season of programming. Okay. Um, but we've really been listening to the to our community about what they want to see. So we're making a few changes. Uh, I think people are going to be very pleased. Uh, I know people would like to see big shows on our stage, and I think they're going to be really excited about what we're bringing in next year. All right. So uh, that has definitely piqued our interest. And if, <laughs> folks, so. if folks want to attend that, uh, that season announcement, it goes along with the annual meeting so people can learn more about the operations of the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. Um, is that something that uh, anyone can attend? Yeah, anybody's welcome. Um, we're going to open up our lobby at 515 with a cash bar, and people can just come and enjoy some music by a local performer. Okay. The um, announcement and meeting starts at 615 in Arms Hall, open to the public and free. All right. And uh, then those tickets will, for those shows to be announced, will go on sale when? So tickets are on sale starting right then to MCPA donors. So okay. if you donate $150 or more, you can buy your tickets right then. All right. Um, if you want to wait and not make a donation, they go on sale June 28th. All right. So at the end of this month, uh, lots to uh, talk about the next time we speak. But again, uh, we're heading into the summer series. A lot of things going on uh, this summer from the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. And again, uh, Heather Clow with us this morning. We've got a link up on our webpage so you can get more information about all of that. Big thing, boogie on the block. Happening tomorrow, beginning at 5 o'clock. Heather, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Quite a bit of uh, broken news uh, today. Uh, item number one, a paramedic uh, in... What is this, uh, California? I think it's in uh, California, perhaps. I'm not sure exactly where uh, this is. Anyway, a paramedic is facing charges for allegedly punching an elderly patient. (laughs) Police yesterday arrested Matthew Mullins for felony battery. Uh, They say back in March... Uh, the uh, fire rescue team was treating a 67-year-old man who became combative and had to be restrained. At that time, uh, Mr. Mullins allegedly put his knee on the man's chest and punched him in the face. Well, I understand. If the patient becomes combative, you know, you have to subdue uh, the uh, person for his own good. (laughs) But punching him in the face... Uh, police say uh, Mullen's actions were completely uncalled for since they weren't medically necessary. <laughs> and they weren't done in self-defense, per se. So, <laughs> wow. <clears throat> That's, uh... 
You do what the uh, you do what the paramedics tell you to do, or else. <clears throat> Would that be a lesson to you? Um, this is kind of weird. Uh, the next time you are at Whole Foods, I don't know if you shop at Whole Foods, uh, but the next time you look for honey, specifically at a Whole Foods store, it may be locked behind the counter. Employees at the Whole Foods Market in La Jolla, California, say that thieves have been targeting a high-end honey called Manuka honey. It originates from certain parts of Australia and New Zealand and runs about $60 or more per jar. Now, I don't know anyone who would spend that kind of money on honey, but $60, apparently there are some people who would uh, like to get their hands on this because... After several recent thefts of this very exclusive high-end honey, store officials now say anyone wanting to buy this honey will have to ask for it at the checkout counter. (laughs) Put it under lock and key. Uh, The La Jolla Whole Foods Market will also be keeping a security guard on duty during store hours. (laughs) To... To... uh, Thwart those honey thieves. Have they brought Winnie the Pooh in for questioning? That's what I want to know. That's mm, bizarre. Um, this is speaking of things that are very bizarre. Apparently, bees, honey bees, are fish. At least from the legal sense. On Tuesday, a California court ruled that bees legally fit under the umbrella definition of fish when it comes to California's Homegrown Endangered Species Act. The ruling came after the California Fish and Game Commission moved to protect four different bumblebee species by designating them as endangered. However, some farmers and uh, agriculture growers sued to prevent such legal protections on the grounds that the designation could not apply to insects. The commission countered, saying that the definition of fish can and should include bees and other similarly situated invertebrates. And they had precedent on their side. Uh, At least one species of shrimp, uh, snail, and crayfish are listed under the Uh, in California Endangered Species Act. So, the judge ruled in their favor. There you have it. Bees are fish. Legal standpoint, at least in California. Bees are fish. Now you know. Number of other animal stories... Excuse me. In the uh, broken news this morning, an escaped cow back home after being pulled over by Massachusetts police. Not quite literally, but there is a a viral video going around. It's rather humorous. Authorities uh, show uh, post a video of a patrol car trailing behind the cow as it wandered through a neighborhood in Wareham, Massachusetts. (laughs) He was just following the cow, making sure it didn't do anything. You know, it didn't damage any property. The cow, police say, is now safe and sound after being reunited with its owners. U.S. Fish and Wildlife responding to a mountain lion that wandered into a California high school. Did you see video on this? Uh, The big cat locked in an empty classroom by a custodian before school opened for the day. Uh, No one was injured by the animal. Officials say it was seen curled up under a desk, looking lost and scared. 
Uh, wildlife officials were called out to the scene to help get the mountain lion out of the school safely. Crazy. Um, <laughs> weird story. A crocodile is safe after Arizona police found it with a stash of weapons and drugs. You might wonder, what is a crocodile doing with a stash of weapons and drugs? Well, officials were executing a search warrant when they discovered a juvenile crocodile among nearly 200,000 fentanyl pills, 855 grams of cocaine, 15 guns, and $65,000 in cash. Suspect the name of Adrian Villadaris was arrested on multiple charges, including drug possession and money laundering. The crocodile sent to a local animal sanctuary. And uh, one last story in the uh, broken news this morning involving animals. And this is maybe a happy ending, uh, somewhat. A man sentenced to hang in Singapore for possession of cannabis got a stay of execution thanks to a chance encounter and a tattoo of a pet hamster. <laughs> Allow me to explain. Uh, the story uh, reported uh, from the website Vice actually began back in 2015 when two men involved in a suspected drug deal were caught with close to two kilograms of cannabis. And in Singapore, that'll get you sentenced to hang. Uh, during his trial, the man on the receiving end of the transaction maintained his innocence, claiming that he had ordered a kind of chemically sprayed tobacco called Butterfly, known, known to only mimic the effects of cannabis, but ended up with the weed instead. The judge did not buy the story, and he was handed the death sentence. The second suspect got life imprisonment, along with 15 lashes of the cane. However, in what, a, uh, what the court called a remarkable coincidence... Uh, the uh, the man's testimony about receiving the wrong package was corroborated by fellow inmate by a fellow inmate with whom he shared an hour of prison yard time each day for a month in 2017 during one conversation in the yard in which the guy told uh, this other inmate about his arrest he said that he was in the same location on the same day but got a bag of butterfly by accident. He was supposed to buy the uh, cannabis and he got the butterfly by accident. He said he remembered the date of the alleged mix up so vividly because his pet hamster had died that evening. <laughs> they went before the judge and the judge uh, stayed the execution. Now they got a, a real mess to figure out there, but he remembered it because it was the day his hamster died. <laughs> Crazy story. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile app for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Them, online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. This is graduation season. You've got high school graduation, you got college graduation uh, going on and all of that. So a lot of uh, folks, be a lot of young people will be queried, what are you going to do with your life? 
Well, it turns out that a lot of young people just don't know. Fully one-third of Americans say they had no life plan after completing their education, whether it was high school or college. Uh, following the completion of their education, 34% say they had no, had no life plan. Uh, this survey of uh, 2,000 adults uh, looked into people's sentiments surrounding life entering adulthood and found that similarly, 41% did not have a job lined up after finishing school. Nearly a fifth of respondents who attended college admitted they did not have a plan after their senior year. 17%, the same percentage, said that after completing their last degree, again, whether that was high school or college, they were pessimistic about their future before stepping into the real world. Pessimistic. And you would think that's, you know, when you have the world ahead of you uh, and you would have, you know, such a bright future, it'd be so optimistic. But no. Uh, Many were pessimistic, which I thought was uh, really telling. Two in three say that the money they spent on their annual college tuition is higher than what they are actually earning annually. 68% said that they spent more on college tuition than what they're they're making. Um, And this may be why 69% of those in the survey who attended college also said that they would be interested in switching their career field if they could go back and do it all over again. Uh, Those who took a break between college and work took an average of four months in between, but 37% took even longer. A whopping 86% of those respondents believe that that break was helpful. No surprise then that half of college attendees say if they could go back, they would take a break between college and work. 49% say that they would take the break. So uh, some interesting numbers there to ponder as we uh, get into graduation season. Call your attention to another event that is happening around town this Saturday. The ladies of St. Andrew's United Methodist Church want to help brighten up your garden with their perennial plant sale fundraiser this weekend uh we are joined by uh, janet merkel myra suste with us uh, this morning from st andrews thanks very much for uh, dropping by we appreciate you uh coming in uh, here this morning um so give us all of the uh, details on the uh plant sale it says here uh in these uh, in these notes over 80 varieties so i think it's more than that now yeah so that's a that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot we probably have a, nearly uh, two thousand plants Wow, two thousand uh, plants. So, uh, and and that really runs the gamut. I mean, we're talking about um, everything from. We're talking house plants. Okay. We have perennials, annuals. Okay. Uh, succulent gardens. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of other succulents. Flowering plants and, and tomatoes. <laughs> okay, so yeah, everything from your vegetable garden to your flowering plants. Then. Some small trees, and we've been working wow. on this for over three months. Wow! So we we got an earlier start this year, so we were able to do so much more. Says here, even uh, cactus bowls. Yes. Which, yeah. So uh, yeah, that is uh, really cool. Now, not only uh, do you have uh, stuff that is uh, you know already growing, you also have bulbs if folks want to you know kind of yes. go from scratch. <laughs> We probably have about seven different kinds of bulbs. Okay. Everything from daffodils to uh, bluebells to narcissus. Um, We've got um, grape hyacinths. Would you say 200 bags? 
I'd say close to 200 bags. Okay, Vault. so uh, a lot of uh, different. So <laughs> at, and one of the things that I thought was uh, kind of interesting is I was uh, looking at uh, some of this. A lot of this is stuff that you have started in your own gardens, right? Yes. Most of this is stuff that, that you have uh, actually cultivated. I started uh, seeds in February. Wow. So... How, do you, how does that work in Northwest Ohio in February? Not ideal growing conditions. I have a great sunroom. We'll okay. We'll at an even temperature. Gotcha. And lots of sun. Ah, oh, there we go. And a church member gave us three growing lights. Awesome. That really made yes. a difference. Yeah. That is awesome. Now, as we mentioned, uh, this is a fundraiser, and uh, you are support a number of uh, missions uh, with this uh, with this fundraiser. Such as, what are some of the ones that you uh, support? These are the ones we uh, donated to last year from our plant sale. <laughs> uh, she handed me a list. So <laughs> I will go ahead and, and uh, read the list. Uh, it's, or I'll just hold it up to the microphone and you can see. No. Um, so what, City Mission, Hope House, Open Arms, Chopin Hall, uh, Cancer Patient Services. Um, there are a lot of uh, local... I mean, I'm just going through part of the list here. Yeah, that's what we're doing, the local. Uh, but they're they're all uh, missions, and and then you, uh, that I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, beneficiaries there, and it says here last year on the list that you just gave me, seven thousand dollars plus donated. Is that, that no no because no? we made nineteen hundred dollars last oh, year. Oh okay, and okay. all the profits. That so we that made, was that was yeah. total given. That was giving total through the, from the, through the year. Group. But yeah. this is a big this is a big chunk of that though. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that is that we is sold awesome. out last year in two hours. In two hours. Well, I guess that uh, leads us to this part. I guess we should talk about uh, as we said uh, this is happening Saturday. So give us the uh, details uh, on the event itself. Okay, starts sale. at eight eight o'clock. Okay. One o'clock. Eight o'clock to one o'clock. If you don't run out, and so you should be there early. Yeah, get there. <laughs> plan on, even though we say eight to one, and, plan on earlier rather than later is the message. And all those people that came after ten last year were so disappointed. So I'm sure they'll be early this year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it, for those who are, because I'm thinking of myself, I've I've got a brown brown thumb and. Uh, Myra, you sound like you know exactly what you're talking about here, uh, as you're talking about all of the the plants that you've you've grown and you've actually grown them in February. I can't grow them in the middle of growing season. You're sitting here growing them in February. Can you help out with the with that for somebody who maybe is looking for something but not sure exactly you know what would work in their area or for the yes. spot that they've yes. got that kind of thing? I have grown up with my grandmother and my mother gardening and yeah. uh, have a biology major and we're we're just well, there, there you go there to answer questions. Yeah, so because I would imagine there are some folks <coughs> who gardening club. Yeah, uh, the because there are some club. things that will work in some situations not both indoors and outdoors yes yes uh both. And yeah we're, we're gonna have it sorted by shade and sun okay and the, all the people working will be wearing black aprons except for myra will be wearing a green apron so she she's the <laughs> she's the green lady. thumb she's the plant you know. lady yes. the one to see for okay. your questions uh terrific stuff uh so again the uh, saint andrew's church uh plant sale uh, the uh, Ladies of St. Andrews uh, happening on Saturday, and it begins at 8 o'clock. As we said, lots of varieties, and um, this is sold out quickly in the past, so uh, get there sooner rather than later. 
Uh, we've got more information about it uh, at the uh, website. Go to uh, goodmornings.net for uh, info on that. And again, uh, Janet Merkel, Myra Suste, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck with the uh, the plant sale and uh, obviously a great cause for uh, all of the uh, funds. Again, goodmornings.net to learn more. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media. Shoot us an email if there's something you want to share directly. Sign up for our daily email newsletter there at the website and more. Again, goodmornings.net. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.